This week on the People's Football Podcast, we welcome extra special guest Dean Gibson, the Hibernian women's head coach. Kyle, Martin and Steph are all back together as Kyle brings a brand new game to test Martin and Steph. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the People's Football Podcast. Now, this has been some journey. We've just completed episode 10 and listening back to episode 10, who's on this one, we made a bit of a mugs of ourselves because we played a bit of, we put our music on and then we kind of celebrated, but we couldn't hear the music on the podcast and we sound like absolute mugs. So that was quite funny to do. So yeah, shout out to us being absolute mugs. But um, listen, like, you know, there was a strange place last week, Steph. We didn't. We did get our Sunday dinner. Anyone who was listening, we did. we did get our Sunday dinner. It came a quarter to three. We were really happy, but there was an empty hole there. You know, and it wasn't just the mint sauce that I was missing. There was a there was a person missing. You know, and um, you know, we missed them. I mean, I cried most of the day Sunday. Steph cried, wept in my arms on Sunday evening. Monday was an emotional day. Tuesday. Got better, a bit like Craig David. Wednesday, we, we were feeling a little bit better. But on Thursday, we found out that the main man was coming back this week. So, you know, we're happier now. We're in a happier space. So, Kyle, it's good to have you back, mate. How are you been? Is that the first time you've ever said anything nice on this podcast? Yeah, are, you a week, are we gone and something's changed? Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow wonder, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, know, you know, we thought we'd lost you, you know. We thought you'd uh, gone to Sunland and stuff like that. So. No, it's been a busy, busy few weeks um obviously Tottenham away on the Sunday the two Sundays ago now so I think it was more missing in action after that but as well as recovering from catching up with loads of uni work that I've had to catch up on um recently just I've already got my own grassroots team uh so I do an under 16 team I'm now took on another under 14 county team so it's even more coaching, but that's why we do it because because we love it and obviously works really busy at the moment with coaching. So it's been it's been a good few weeks, but it's been a tiring and a very busy few weeks. Did you miss us, Kyle, or what? Oh, I, I definitely missed it, hundred percent. I missed uh, having something to wind up. Well, I missed you, Steph. Miss you. Our thousands of listeners did not miss you, mate. So Probably not. Peace, peace, so on. Say we didn't name it the peace some Kyle. Uh, <laughs> one week, one week only. But you're back, mate. You're back. We missed your quirk because we're too nice, me and Steph. We don't really stick the knife in where I think, yeah, you're pretty you don't mind. You've got a sharp tongue. So it's good to have you back, mate, and bring that balance. So Steph, listen, every week it's uh, we, we actually had a a, a, a germ-free house. We had some good night's sleeps with Hayden getting down. So I don't know what the hell you're gonna moan about this week, Steph. Come I've on, nothing, I've got nothing to moan about this week. Um, but it has been a busy a busy week um it was my first four day working week since I went back to work after having having Hayden which was a bit of a shock but very good nonetheless um and then it's been a busy weekend um Hayden got his first haircut yesterday didn't he oh he looks sharp sharp as a dart he does he's gonna be a heartbreaker when he's older like that's for sure handsome fella now he hasn't got that duck's arse hanging out the back it's uh 
It's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, uh, he's anti, actually, cut it. He's anti, he's great anti. Is he great anti or anti? Great anti? I think it's great anti, yeah. Well, My yeah, anti. Yeah, uh, Steph's anti wanted to cut it for the first time. It was either that or Kyle. And Kyle <laughs> uh, pulled out his uh, shears oh, and uh, cried. So, yeah, yeah. He turned that one down. So, no, yeah, it's been a... Been a good week. It's been a good week in that respect. So just for me, I was just saying to Kyle off there. There had a had a probably my most enjoyable day of football in a long time. We had a game today for the academy at under 11s and it looked like we played a group of under 20s because the, the the opposition were absolutely huge and our boys, the Newcastle 11s, really stood up to them and um, they got stuck in. It was a cracking day. Um, so really good. But on the flip side. I missed the Newcastle game today, so I'll not be adding me uh, two pins to to Newcastle. That'll be down to the what I had the wallet. Yeah, not the what's what's your name again? Gandalf. Oh, Gandalf. Gandalf. Wisdom. 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 Uh, And and Steph later. So, um, yeah. So just a you know just a couple of updates from me from 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 the last week. Really, I'm going to start to do something. Really, there was something last week that, that brought a lot of positivity, Steph, when we were talking, and I started off the week really well and I've had one of the best weeks I've had in a long time I just really enjoyed the week I really went on I think it was because when we did the seven rules of life at the end it really started something with me and I'll tell you I'll let you know a little secret how I do some of my coaching one of my biggest parts of and most powerful part of my coaching is catching the players doing something well so in life I think if you can catch people doing something well and Steph I say this to you all the time she says put the cups away put that away but when I do it you don't actually say well done, do you? So I say it well. Catch me doing something well. So I'm going to catch a friend who did something really well. And Kyle, I think you're you're really a, you're a great person. So is Steph as well. But I'm going to talk to a friend on Friday. Me and Steph had two really important um, um, appointments, didn't we? Two important appointments. You know, mum and dad. Mum and dad. Well, we didn't have anyone else to ask. And I mentioned to a friend, and I said, listen. I'm going to have to cancel this appointment, like, you know, and um, he just said out, the, out of nowhere, Pikey, he's one of my best friends. He said, listen, bring Hayden up here, take the call in my room, you know, get on there, do that. And he knew he had a 40th birthday, his wife's 40th birthday to do. And I thought, wow. And straight away, boom, it started off my, off my day unbelievably. I got me call done and, and Steph managed to get her appointment done. And, and listen, I just think. Kudos to you, Pikey, because that little bit of generosity changed my day and changed my whole week. So what I'm going to put to you guys is catch people doing things well. Can you this week say well done to someone or give them a pat on the back for something they do really well? It can be in football, can be outside of football, but try and catch people doing things well. And I tell you something, it'll change your day because you start to notice the positive in other people because this since I, I guess for me, sometimes you can get caught up in the doom and gloom. And you even said that to me, Steph. I goes, God, it's gloomy around here. And it goes, that's just your mindset. Remember the other day, I was like, ah, oh, you're probably right. It probably is me. So a change in circumstance for me. And now I am Mandalf. I am now Mandalf. Candalf, I'm Mandalf. All right. Meet the new man, Mr. Positive. So Pikey, big up to you. I'm going to keep catching people doing things well. Kyle, when I come back next week, I want you to catch someone. Can be someone who leaves, opens the door for you, who, who, Kyle, pay forward. Go to McDonald's and pay for the person's McDonald's behind you this week. Listen, all he's, not, he's not sure about that. 
Aye. I'm going to be behind you. I'm getting my, six Big Macs, and I'm going to. But my next door neighbour is doing bang on the wall every Friday, Saturday night at three o'clock in the morning. I might uh, start uh, get, catching. I'll go and knock on the door at half three, wake them up, and say thank you for not banging on the wall. <laughs> no, that I, would. I, I, I'll do it at six o'clock after they've been out when I go to work. That's uh, so running, running match at the moment. So just last couple of last. So that was a bit off topic for me. I just yeah. really wanted to put that in there. Adam P who was on episode two. We're going to try and bring him up on through the World Cup. He obviously went to Southampton. He was on a boat, um, on a speedboat, and he had his little <laughs> sailor hat on. I actually seen him with his top off today in the crowd. Did you see, anyone see that one? I've seen a lot of photos of it, yeah. He, um, he, obviously, I was at Tottenham, and I think I, I caught a, vid, a video. Yeah. And I got quite a few retweets, and nice, fair, of him oh. starting chance. And he's, he's getting, he's very, the Newcastle fan face are really beginning to show a massive liking and involve them to be fair so why not, why not? I mean yeah I mean listen when I said Adam P with the top off your Steph's eyes like went wow <laughs> yeah she got a yeah. yes well, I think yes, the shagger, as they say mocking <laughs> as she says he's top man he's top man but um no good stuff and I just want to shout out Alan McLean who came all the way from Northern Ireland we actually met him on holiday Steph he, we got talking about Newcastle. He fell in love with it. He's come over to Everton with his daughter, Poppy, who's six or seven for a first ever game. They did a retweet. They, they retweeted Shearer and they retweeted him. And now he's become our Northern Irish uh, super fan. So well done, Alan McLean. Also, he's our super fan of the show. Top man. Listen, that's it for me. That's it for the updates. I'm going to hand it over to you. And let's get stuck in to what has been Bit of a gold glut of a weekend, if I'm honest, in the Premier League, especially. I'm, I'm struggling to keep up. I've been really busy, so I'm kind of hoping and you guys are going to carry us through this bit. So I've got some a couple of stats for Newcastle later. But the shockers and showstoppers, Kyle, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, so once again, I'm going to go completely opposite of what everyone wants us to do. and go for uh, two showstoppers and three stinkers. Just change it up. Um, so I've also got a little, a little. After Steph's done hers, I want to say a little few words just to. No. All right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So my showstoppers. Um. One of them is thanks to what the few words I've got to say after. I'm gonna go with Arsenal. Obviously, London, London derby, come out on top, top the league. Probably gonna be top league going at the World Cup now. That's where nobody really, especially me, expected them to be. But I'll get into that more when I say my few words in a bit. But I've went for Leeds as my showstopper um, from the Premier League just to come back and free one. And it's, I did say they'll have a good season, but there's definitely like, a buzz around Leeds at the moment. And obviously the winning games there to beat Liverpool last week. And they do look an exciting side. And I've always said I really like Jesse Marsh's style of football. But one thing I worry about Leeds is, uh, Leeds is can the last minute goal eventually won't happen? And they might cost some points, might begin to drop points, if you know what I mean. But at the moment, they're definitely sort of livening up the, the Premier League. Yeah, My free stink is, I'm going to link it with Leeds, but Bournemouth, to be 3-1 up, away from home, and not yeah. sell the game, you, you are, you're shooting yourself in the foot, really, and you, you are going to be kicking yourself. You need to, you need to sell a game like that. And my all-time favourite, I think they're nearly, I think out of 10 stinkers, there've probably been seven of them, um, my United. After a day, obviously, yeah. going to Villa away, it was never going to be easy. Emery, Emery's first game at home, I don't think Villa was shocking against us last week. I don't think they're going to be a good side, but it is. It's a new manager buzz, and United went there and looked really, really poor. 
And my final one was a team that I was bigging up a few weeks ago, um, but Union Berlin. Yeah, they've, they've dropped them there like a stone. Punked 5 0 today off Bayer Leverkusen and I sat 14th. But again, the only two points off Bayern Munich top of the league. And it is the Bundesliga is tight this year, so it's a bit more exciting than what has been the previous years. But I think I need to stop complimenting teams because they end up Leeds will probably get battered 5 0 next week. No one uh, talking, really. That's probably, probably yeah, it's probably best to be fair. I'll say my three words after Steph's been. No, I've got a few so. Come on then, Steph. Um, okay, I'll start with showstopper. So, um, and I think Kyle, this is probably where Kyle's going <laughs> with his few words, but my uh, showstopper of the week is Miguel Arteta. Um, purely because, you know, they're, st- they're sitting there at the top of the table. Um, obviously, we watched um, the All or Nothing earlier in the podcasting life and it was interesting to see whether he was going to do do well and, and have a good season. Um, but the they seem to be they seem to be keeping keeping it up. They seem to be keeping the heat on City. Um, it looks like they're probably going to be the team, as well as Newcastle, obviously, to to, to really push City this season. Um, and you know, every week you kind of think, oh, is this going to be the week where it kind of all starts to unravel? But it's not. So he's obviously working wonders with with the team and. Um, yeah, Kyla, I know at the start of the season you were uh, less than complimentary about Mikel, but he seems to be doing a good job. Um, and I'll move on to Shocker. Um, so I've gone for, um, well, I don't know if he actually has been sacked yet, but it sounds like he is going to be sacked, but Ralph Hassenhull, uh, Southampton manager. Um, and I've gone for him because, I mean, they're, they're so poor. I mean, we'll talk more about the game in a, in a little while, but you know, he, he's 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 bought some strange players. Not not strange in anything, but probably not the good way to describe people. But hey, what was um, that guy called that you mentioned at the beginning of the season? You were like you had loads of good names, and you just literally were clutching straws for Southampton. What the hell was he called? My mate Mara. See you, Mara. Siku uh, Siku Mara. He hasn't played at all, has he? I I, he hasn't recently. He, he he did. I think he like maybe scored a goal or two. Like yeah, he, season, he definitely but... scored. He definitely scored at the start of the season. I'm not sure if he's injured or he wasn't in the squad yeah. today. Obviously, he had Adam Armstrong, Chad Adams, and good old Theo Walcott. Um, I think so. any team that's got Philip Theo Walcott starting, like I mean, come on, like I mean, he's he's, he's been a great team, player for the Premier League, but yeah, 53, 54. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with with Hassan obviously, there's a bit of there's a bit of um history there obviously last season when he made that comment about mm. the game between Newcastle and Southampton that got called off because of COVID and then he said and then obviously we had signed a few players by the time we, we, we played the rearranged fixture and before this game I don't know if you guys heard it but he made a comment to radio down in Southampton pretty much along the lines of well Newcastle must have a, a, a fully fit squad because the game's going ahead so he, yeah. he's obviously still a bit 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 salty about that um, but I, I just think when when managers are in like a, a position and they start like digging, making comments like that, you, you, you can tell like they're on the they're on the rot like and and yeah, you know, it, it sounds like he's going to get sacked. So yeah. there we go. I, I was hoping for like some. I'm literally refreshing Twitter now because I genuinely feel he is literally hanging on by like a thread. Do you agree? He's going to be the. It is mint though that we've. That we could be the team that's got him sacked. That would really he, he's gonna hate with for the rest of his life, isn't he? Really, I know. That was so, he was horrendous around that COVID time. I mean, we whether we were naughty or not, everyone was doing it, and he was oh, like, yeah. 
peed off a lot of fans, didn't he? So, yeah, interesting. So, I, I, or Kyle, do you want to do something? Because I'm going to do something called Game of the Day. You do it now. Go on. I'll do it to... now. So, I put my heart and soul into this, just to say. It's, um, I wouldn't usually do it. I don't ever apologise. But I wrote a letter to Arteta. Hmm. <laughs> so, Arteta, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for doubting you. I'm sorry for calling you the B-Tech Pep. I'm sorry for saying you didn't have a clue. I'm sorry for doubting your heart and brain. It's worked. Your team's player of heart and brain. You are a good coach. You are tactically good, but you're nothing on Eddie Howe. Newcastle United are coming for you. The end. So, Kyle, do you want to let you know something? What? Do you know, do you know at the beginning of the season what he did? He, he had a picture of a bang yang. He ripped it. And then he got a picture of you and he said, this is what this guy gets. He's going to prove us wrong. wrong, he? And the players have did it for, against you, mate. It's yeah. all about you. This is why he's doing it. All or Nothing Series 2, there's a picture of you on the first episode on the door. <laughs> and they're all awesome parts of it. <laughs> you got in their heads, Kyle. Hey, it's working. What do you want now? A job or something? What do you want now, bloody Mikel? Are you going to actually send that to him? Are you going to post it after? Hey, if you want to post it online, Steph, you're the social media. No, no, no. I think you should write it. Put some lipstick on and kiss the envelope. That's what I mean. I think you should post it and hand deliver it to him. And... No, no, Kyle, let's get a video of that. I think you should. You should write it. Seriously, handwrite that. If you've written I'll it. Handwrite it. I'll, get a, I'll get a handwritten and post writing and name. Um... Mikel, love Kyle. <laughs> I think you should. I so. love how you started off so nice, but then at the end you did start like t- like turn it a little bit and be like, you're not, you're not Eddie Howe. <laughs> and no one's Eddie Howe. Uh, no one is Eddie Howe. <laughs> True. No, there isn't. There isn't. So, Eddie. Good stuff, Kyle. I'm going to do two game of the days. One was um, one was today, and it was actually a, a WSL game, and I was kind of flicking through Forza score, and um, it was West Ham women four, Brighton women five. Oof. Now, just going off the back of Brighton women sacking Hope Powell after an 8-0 defeat last week, they, um, the interim managers won 5-4 to wait West Ham. There was It was uh, 1-0 West Ham, 3-1 Brighton, 3-2, 5 5-2 to 5-4, and, and, and then they managed to hang on. So, well done, Brighton women. And the last one, this was such a crazy game. We actually started watching it last night, didn't we, Steph, for half an hour, and then we put a, a film on. It was um, Philadelphia 3, LAF, LAFC 3, and uh, it went to penalties. But um, it was 1-0 LAFC, 2-1 to Philly. LAFC scored with five minutes ago, made it 2-2. Then an extra time, Canadian goalkeeper Max Crepeau, who has now been ruled out the World Cup, came. It was a bad back pass from the centre back. Came running off his line and broke his leg. But suspected broke his leg, taking out the Philly forward. Now that prevented a goal. He was sent off. Philadelphia scored on scored to make it three two. And in 128 minutes, eight minutes of overtime, who do you think scored the equaliser? Good old Gareth Bale. Good old Gareth Bale off. in the 128th minute. He actually sat off till the eight, till the hundred to the extra time. Came on and got the header to make it three three, and they went and won on penalties with ten men. So LAFC are the champions of the MLS, and what a game it was! But unfortunately, Canada have lost their the a very good keeper. He won't be pushed. He won't have been the starter. He would have been definitely next in line, but he's going to be out the World Cup. So really disappointing. What, what a life Gareth Bale has, by the way. You know, he, he kind of picks and chooses. He picks and chooses when he comes on, really, for LAFC. By the sounds of it, 
he lives out in LA, which is obviously not a bad place to live. And then he's 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 setting up. Uh, I think I read something this week that he's 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 setting up. He's got like a bit of a restaurant empire. Um, and I think there's one going to end up coming to Newcastle, or he, he hopes one. Right, end up as yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, life's good for for Mister Bill, isn't it? Aye. Fair play at home, but um, didn't uh, uh, didn't Elliot's form dip though when Bill so weren't they flying and then Bill signed in the summer? And didn't they begin to? Yeah, Kealini Kealini was on the bench as well. So yeah, they got Chiellini, they when got they signed Kealini. them too, they slowed up, didn't they? They were absolutely they flying in the first half of the season. But they got all you got to do there is you don't have to win your conference. You win your you can finish in the top six and still go to the finals yeah. and win. So it's it's a bit of a. Well, I'd like to talk about that one time because I had a, a friend over recently and we talked about no relegation. And he couldn't get his head around teams getting relegated. And I was trying to explain to him, I'd like to get into it. And he was furious. He was like, well, not getting into the playoffs is, is enough embarrassment. I goes, nah, 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 getting relegated is a, is pretty <laughs> a bit worse. Anyway, he just couldn't get it. He couldn't get relegation. I guess that's what Ryan Reynolds and them guys don't get. But no, listen, we'll dig in that another time. We're going to jump straight into it, guys. Um, I was at work today. I jumped off. I got I got out at half time, and then I what I see is Miguel Almiron one nil. Just wow, what a guy! But Newcastle United, sorry, Southampton won. Gutted about that, by the way. Newcastle United four. Who wants to talk about it? I mean, I'll start. Um, I think it was just. I think what what I, what I was just thinking of there was. Do you remember the Bournemouth game? Mm. And do you remember? And do you remember how frustrating that was? Yeah, you know yeah. that we just couldn't couldn't break them down we just couldn't find find a way through ever since that game we just seemed to have, have, have flicked a switch and and no matter how well we play um no matter who's in the team we we just seem to be able to sting teams and and, and get a result and and I think that was pretty much the, you know what happened today and Newcastle weren't at their best by any stretch um but we won it easily 4-1 again I mean I can't. I can't get over how many guilt goals we're scoring. So, Steph, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you to summarize it in three words. You can do three separate words. Summarize because I didn't see today's game. All I've looked at is the stats. How would you summarize in three or four words the game today to me who didn't watch it? I'll summarize Newcastle in three words. I would say yeah. ruthless, ruthless, clinical, and. Was it a good game? I want to. I want to know if it's a good game worth watching. I, I, I think it was a good game. I don't know about you, Kyle. I actually quite enjoyed watching it. It was. It was good to watch. Um, they they were just Southampton. I think it was a period where we, we were after half time, where the the sort of conditions didn't help. I think Southampton were probably the better team, and it took our second goal to really liven us up a little bit. But after that, you were. Every t- again, every time you t- we attacked, you were going, "This could be a goal. This yeah. could be a goal." Every time, every time Southampton attacked, you were looking at, "Oh, you're fine. You've got Dan Burn, you've got Botman, you've got Shaw, you've got Trippier, you've got Pope standing in the net." So it was sort of a bit of a thing. Like once we survived that 15 minutes, and I think we were we struggled after half time. I had to come out half-time. massively. We we were un- we were under why, the flush. Why though? Was it Callum Wilson going off? I know he came off. I, th- I think it was probably a little bit to do with Callum Wilson going off. You know, because I think he he is he is the focal point of the team when he plays, and yeah. he brings so much so much to the to, to to the side that I think you know it's it's an adjustment, isn't it? And 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 Southampton were always going to come out as well, probably because they were goal down and try and start on the front foot. Um, and and there was a moment where I think it was a Botman. Um, 
you know, very, very unlike him, but he, he passed he passed straight to Jay Adams, I think it was. Yeah. And I was thinking at that point, ah, oh, this is this this could be the one, you know, like we 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 concede, we might but again we're just um yeah, we just we just seem to be able to to find a way, like regardless of of what that, happens. That's just our the old I think it's because what we're so used to is being one of up and then a mistake costing where the next thing you know you're three one down within the next few minutes. That's what we're used to. Yeah. And yeah. it shows how far we have came on. The fact that we're we're not we're not like conceding. We if we don't look like conceding. I know we did today, but that's something we'll talk about in a in a bit about like obviously players switching off, players coming in that don't play the system as much and there's probably a reason why they're not playing the system as much when you've seen it. But the Who's that Kyle? Who's that? Go on, give, tell us who though. So obviously when Maxi came on, he had some good good glimpses on the ball. But again, you 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 do work that you do lose that sort of defensive side of the stuff. But Maxi is a talented football player. He he will be back in the team against Chelsea. I can almost guarantee that. He he could be possibly a game the game changer against Chelsea. Something to open them up. But Mankio came on and there's probably obviously Mankio he's been a good servant for the club. He has been. And he's been with us in the hard times and he's had I think it was more last year. He did put in some really good performances. He's just he struggled with injuries. And I think obviously Elliot came on and you would have been so keen to impress. And I think you just got caught the wrong side of the ball. And I think he was so you got caught the wrong side of the ball because he wanted to go press and he wanted to go probably try to earn a spot, try to earn more minutes. Got caught the wrong side of the ball. And to be fair, the Southampton goal was a very good one. But when when we have our starting eleven on the pitch, everyone you look at Miggy, Jacob Murphy, uh, Joe Willock, everyone knows the role, everyone does their role. And that's why I think we're so hard to break down. But I, when the game finished, I was writing down and thinking, what what do I actually say about the performance? But Trippier and Eddie Howe came out and summed it up perfectly. We comfortably battered them, nowhere near our best. And that was in poor conditions on the south coast, where it was chucking down with rain. The pitch was dead heavy. Ball, the balls were holding up. We comfortably battered them. How many times would we have last season, two seasons ago, been in situations like that and came... Like we did two years ago, we came with, on the exact same day with a copy two 0 in so, probably similar conditions. It's it's crazy and it shows how much we came. And my sum up of three words are, well, how many words? I, I don't know. Is Eddie Howe's Champions League mags? Because that's four. Because next year, I, I think we'll be going on a European tour next year. Personally, yeah. Well, beat Chelsea nine points ahead of them. Yeah, uh, Josh won't be happy. So so listen, right? If I'd if I'd looked at these stats, so I'm not Mr. Stato, but if I'd come off and had no one told me the score and I got me fours a wrap and I looked at the stats, so Southampton had 55% possession to our 45. They had 11 shots to our seven. And they had more corners than us and more free kicks than us. So when I look at that, I'm thinking we've had to break them. We've had to, we've had to like, um, they've obviously had more shots than us. They've had more shots on goal than us, on target than us. For us to score four goals from seven shots on on, to- on goal, it's clinical. That's the word. It's clinical. But also, it shows a different side because we have, we have probably only give up possession two, three times this season, maybe. And I just read something before that there was something really clever around, and this is the plan B stuff that I'm talking about with Eddie. I questioned it at the beginning of the season because the Bournemouth game really annoyed me. 
because with Isaac, we didn't have a plan B, but Callum Wilson brings that. But apparently what we did today, we went out high press. Second half, we realised it wasn't working and we dropped a little, but we what we actually moved Willock a little bit higher and wider to catch them on the counter-attack. And I don't know if he had Longstaff or Bruno on the right, but apparently what we were doing was just sitting a little bit deeper, which isn't like us. Not deep, deep, but deeper. And then we're just having forward runners and it really works. So that is the plan B that I'm talking about. And that is the tactical adaptability that will get us in the Champions League in Europe. And that's where the only thing I was really worried about or really question where if he can continue to show that on our bad day, was Southampton that bad though? Are they are they relegation fodder now? They're defensively they shocking. Like yeah, I don't like Sunas, but he ripped into mate, mate the Nios, and oh. rightly so. They they are defensively really poor. I mean, p- pretty much Maitland Niles and Bella Bella Kotchap both fell over for Mickey's goal. Like literally, just yeah. like both both went towards the the, the 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 ball and then just fell over. Like the way, I think I think obviously. They did have shots, but you just kind of felt that even when they were like putting a little bit of pressure on, they just they, they were just poor. They're not they're not in the same mold as Newcastle are at the minute. They, they, they don't have that clinical, that ruthless that ruthless edge to their game. I ask you though, Steph and Kyle, if we had gone to so Leicester a bit resurgent, um, not saying the top top teams, but a Leeds today, or like a top, like a, someone between who's on form at the minute. Would we have adapted again or in one, or would we have found if we'd played like that today, would we have still won? And or, I can't, or I can't see us conceding. I, I generally was saying with our back five, with Bruno yeah. sitting in front, and that's and we're talking here, yeah, we're, we're missing Jota today, you're missing Maxi, Isaac, and it's I just can't, I can't see we're conceding personally. And yeah. I think we have got like, like Steph sort of said that we have got the like we do create chances now and. Like Miggy scoring goals for fun, looks an unbelievable player. Like the player you probably wanted, that we probably wanted to have two years ago. But he's been he's been mint, and I think we're getting there. And I, I and honestly, I know I said like a minute ago, but we beat Chelsea, we're nine points clear of them, because they they've got to play City in their extra game. We'll be nine points clear. You're then looking at. Going into Christmas, well, we are. We, we will be top four for Christmas this year. Who would have thought that? It's honestly, it's terrifying, Steph. I'm going to ask you, um, who your who your performance of the match were, your top three were. I think it was. I've I'm, I've gone for the midfield three, so I've gone for Bruno, Longstaff, and Willock because I thought that they all three of them were fantastic. I'll just touch on a couple of things. Um, obviously, Willock. We just we've just needed him to add goals to his game, and you know he, he he was fantastic today when he when he was driving at us, and he and like you say when it how changed it a little bit, he he was causing all all kinds of bother. Um, Sean Longstaff, he's the the latest the latest transformed player under under Eddie Howe, isn't he? He's he's been fantastic for the last however long. Um, and and then Bruno today, I thought was. Was fantastic. He was he was basically why we ended up scoring Willock's goal. Um, he you know like he does so many times, he gets the ball on the edge of the box, and he and he manages to get away from like two or three players around him, putting pressure on him. Plays a ball out of Trippier, who plays that beautiful pass. Um, so yeah, the midfield three for me today, top three. Good job, good job. I think Kyle, and this is a really quick twenty seconds. Steph provoked something in me before. If 
Sean Longstaff continues the way he is now. He's not tearing up trees, but the amount of miles he's putting in per game. If the World Cup was in June next year and he was carrying on like this, would he get in the squad, Kyle? Really quick. Yes or no? No, unfortunately. Kyle, you put up, Steph put up a really good debate, though. You know, honestly, the miles, the output he's putting in, I think he's putting up 13K every, every, every game. Because then, so, then I'd think, Joe, but it would be another shout. I think. Ah, you're right. That's it. Do you know what? You know what? But they are different players. He's more attacking. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think we are. Then Shelby. Shelby, if he comes back in. Anyway, that's a different. We'll go off topic. Yeah. We're going off topic. I just wanted to know where you were because. Steph I, seems I to wish he would. Right. Honestly, I hope he. I hope he does. Steph, you never know. Steph, you seem to think he's in the fifty-five, right? No, no. I, I j- I've just oh, got to. Did you know inside knowledge? Gareth text no, you that? No. No, I've got no. I'm. I'm not basing that on any inside knowledge. I've just got a feeling Southgate was at St Mary's today. I, I've just got a feeling he because if you think like England aren't aren't um they haven't exactly got a lot of options in 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 sort of you know yes he can play both like a six and an eight but like they haven't got that many options. For the six, have they? Like, obviously, you've got Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips is injured, you've got Bellingham, but like, they, they haven't got a great deal of options. And I just thought, you know what, he might be in that 55. He's not that bored yourself, I think we hold this. I think we hold this and we do on the World Cup. I think genuinely, Newcastle have an England 11 in there. We could beat the England 11 with our Newcastle England players. Anyway, we'll hold that for now. So, listen, really, really quick one from, from me. Middlesbrough with Michael Carrick in his first home game, um, or is his second home game maybe, potentially. They drew 1-1 at home to Bristol. Uh, they're just still above the relegation zone in 20th place with 20, uh, 21 points. The Sunderland lost at home to Cardiff, kind of doing what we said. They were away. On... What's that? They were away, weren't they? No, at home. They were oh, home really? Yeah, they were home yesterday and they lost oh, one. Oh, me. So that was a tough, result, that, a tough result, and apparently by all accounts, they didn't play very well. So listen, we know the World Cup break's coming. Middlesbrough, two tough games. I don't know how tough they are, but I think Blackpool are going well. So Borough are away to Blackpool and away to Norwich. <sighs> so they could be sitting in the relegation zone if they don't get minimum of three one win out of the six. Sunderland are at home to Birmingham and away to Millwall. So Blackpool and Norwich, how many points, Steph? Borough? And then get one. ready, Kyle. One. Kyle, Blackpool one. and Norwich. I'm, I'm going to go one as well, you know. They're not get out of Blackpool. Blackpool okay. strong. So that would probably see them in the relegation zone over Christmas, which wouldn't be nice. Uh, Sunderland, who would five points, only five points above the relegation zone now. It's They're at home, home to Birmingham, away to Millwall. Kyle, I'm coming to you first. How many points? Zero. <sighs> Steph. Three. Kyle. Ooh. Newcastle in the Champions League and Sunderland in the relegation zone over this World Cup period in Christmas. What would that mean to you? Cans. Cans. You're going back over the Bobby Robson statue and drinking with Sam Fender again. Yeah. <laughs> um it's like you said, the only what it's no it's four points from four four, four, four points. That's me. It's it's two games. But they're 13th in the league. It's bonk. That league is it's league's dead tight. And it's it's all about after the World Cup. Like, yeah. And Sunderland, by the way, look, looking likely they could use lose um Stuart in January. Could be got on his way to a bigger championship club like Norwich. Oh, that's naughty. That, that would be hellish, wouldn't it? I mean, it looks it, like it could be that. Really? I'll tell you who's doing fantastic or has lost four of the last five. 
bloody the guy who went to Stoke, uh, Neil. Alex Neil. God, he's a shocker there, hasn't he? Shocker, hasn't he? Southern fans will be laughing in there, laughing into their beers, I tell you, because he's having a shocker. Tough in the yard, because they're not, not doing much better, are they? No, no. <laughs> All the way to Luton, they're drawing there. there. Uh, you went that game, didn't you? Nah. Big up the Big Jack Avery, he went. Go on, Big Jack <laughs> Avery, the foundation. You were still getting the big lifts on the way home as well. I couldn't believe it. I'd, I'd, I'd just been to Tottenham and conquered London and he, he went to Luton and came home with a point and a flat performance and still getting the big lips. Buzzing. Is big buzzing. Aye, okay. It's good stuff. Right, well, listen, that wraps up our Northeast review. Oh, one last thing. Newcastle women are on a good a good little run. Kyle, your sister's on a good little run at, uh, at Durham Women. She's jumped into the first team, but also the Sestria. That could be neck and neck there. Um... Durham first team are having a bit of a tough time and so are Sunderland women, so hopefully they can turn it around soon. But good luck to them. Listen, that's going to take us in with the women's game. It's going to take us into our next special guest. Welcome back to the People's Football Podcast. This part is all about the special guest and we have a special guest all the way from sunny Edinburgh right now. It's always shining up there, the sun. So just to let you know, this man started coaching at 16 which took him to America. He's worked within the community up in Hibernian and Edinburgh, worked in the foundation there and the council, as you would call it, I guess. He'll probably tell us it um, up in, in, in Edinburgh. He worked at Hibs Academy, the under-15s, under-23s, had some successful times with the teams there and boys and girls. And he's now the women's head coach of Hibernian Football Club. Dean, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. I'm delighted to be on and, and have a chat with you. Yeah, it's been a long time. We we give the listeners context. I've only met Dean once in person. We had a game at Maiden Castle a year ago where I was in the Durham dugout and he was in the Hibs dugout. So great game there. But um, we had a quick chat and I always remember Jess seemed like a really top bloke. And um, we were just chatting there, Dean. So you, you've 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 managed, you know, you've managed um, different, you know, you've always had a burning at heart. But can you just tell us, Dean, Where's that come from? What's the hip connection and why? Just family, I think. Um, from Edinburgh growing up, uh, my family is from Leith and that's where Hibs are. Hibs are Leith in, in Edinburgh. You're either one side or the other and Gorgie's hearts, Leith is Hibs and, and my family was brought up in Leith. So I was just brought up a Hibs fan and um, yeah, it's it stuck with me ever since. I, I would go to all the games when I was younger, uh, home and away and yeah, my, my dad, my granddad, um, were massive hippies and I just sort of followed on. Yeah, so you, you've had some good memories. What's your best memory with the Hibs and obviously following the men's team? Do you have any... I, I'm going to be honest, it, it, being south of the border, it's there's a bit of bias, you know, everyone knows about Rangers. <laughs> They're on a seven-game losing streak, to be fair, right now in the Champions League, which is a record, not to throw it out there. But anyway, <laughs> Hibs, have they had a... Give us, give us some special moments for you growing up with Hibs then. Yeah, there, there, there's been a few. Obviously, some of the great players that, that I've seen play, and I, I was lucky to watch a great team at the end, end of the 90s and the start of the 2000s. Um, that was a great time. Frank Sozzi, Russell Latipi, Mixu Patalainen, which might be names yeah. that are unknown to English listeners or, or English people, but Frank Sozzi was a World Cup winner. He was a Champions League winner. Uh, Russell Latipi, I think if he, he was best mates with Dwight York, and he actually lived about five minutes away from me in Stockbridge, and as a young kid, I used to look up to this guy and I used to see him smoking 40 fags a day. I think if he never done that, he would have played in the English Premier League easily. He was one of the best players that I've ever seen. And 
Mixu um, did play. Mixu played Premier League with Bolton, is that right? Mixu played Bolton. I'm not sure if it's Premier League, but he, he played uh, for Bolton. Yeah, um, so that was a great team, but the best memory will always be uh, winning the Scottish Cup in 2016. Um, I think people need to do their research to what that meant to Hibs. They had never won the Scottish Cup for 114 years, so generations of, of fans never seen it. And um, I've only ever seen my dad cry twice, and, and that was one of them. Um, and I don't think the other one was when my, my wee sister was born. So, wow. um, so yeah, so that, that meant a lot to Hibs fans and the people of Leaf. And, if you if you YouTube the game, there was a big pitch invasion and it was just euphoria when we scored in the ninety third minute to beat Rangers three two. We were two one down, so it was a, a huge moment for the club and and I feel it was a real turning moment for the club as well because um, Hibs are a huge football club. But that mm. was what I don't think Hibs could win the Scottish Cup another ten times. Nobody in football will ever experience what Hibs fans felt that day. No, that's that's incredible. Listen, don't don't talk about uh, heartache with clubs. I'm a Newcastle fan, mate. <laughs> Last time they won a cup was nineteen sixty nine. Unless you're including the Intertoto Cup when Scott Parker pretty much looked like he got his arm twisted to hold the trophy. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, it's it's tough. It's tough. So yeah, I mean, we're not always born with successes. But so listen, just take us take us back to and it's really you've got a really interesting story. And I would say I would like to think because we didn't both play in the pro game. I think it's it, it's I really find it interesting to find it. You've got to go on a bit of a journey, don't you, Dean, to get yeah. to, to get to where you want to go. So just take us back to the moment when you thought, hey, listen, coaching is for me. Yeah, it's a hard one to be fair. I, I kind of fell into coaching. I think like any boy, you kind of brought up normal family life in public schools. You, you, you don't really enjoy school if you're kind of sporty. Normally sporty people don't like school. So I wasn't probably the most behaved kid in a school. Um, nothing malicious, just being a boy. and. Um, but I had a good guidance teacher, I had a good dad that kind of looked at, I have a sister that was 10 years younger than me. So when I was sort of 14, 15, she was only four and five and I was very good with younger kids and mm. and I love football. So I had a, a guidance teacher and a dad that kind of put two and two together and he said to me, look, that I think your career could be coaching kids football. And at that time I was young, I was only 14, 15 and I was like, nah. I'm not coaching kids football, I'm going to play football. And then when I got to 16, I started to coach. And I and I did enjoy it and, and I loved it. So when, when I was sort of at school, it was never a thought process. I kind of fell into it, but then I quickly grasped it. And maybe the first six months is a bit daunting. You're, you're, you're young and you're sitting in front of a group of kids that are only three, four-year-old, then you're like, I, I can't control them. And But then you start to pick, I picked up very quickly. And yeah, it was probably at the ages of about, Plenty though that I thought no, I'd, like I need to. I was still playing uh, part time, like um, what you call like junior football here. It's like non league in England. Um, but I thought I'm never going to do anything here. I'm still working. I'm trying to play, and and I, and I knew myself that I've got a real chance as a coach. I knew I had something as a coach. Um, so it was probably about the age of twenty. I, I started to go. No, I'm going to start to drop playing and and really concentrate on coaching because. I can play till I'm 35, but I can hopefully coach till I'm 65. So I want to start that journey properly now. And I think I think I think you see a lot of these, a lot of people making that distinction quite early on and now, and that's why you're seeing the likes of is it uh, Nagelsmann, who's 29 with a pro license, managing Bundesliga's teams because yeah. they're pretty much they're good players, whether it's they're injured or they just make a decision earlier. Hey, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna go after it, and these is a lot of people are getting the jobs a lot younger now. So so that. 
So you had a great, like, great start, 15, 16. You're already in it. You're getting your hands dirty. You're getting your hours all the way to there. You went to America. You came back. And you, you told me just before that it was because of your love for Hibs. You know, you didn't necessarily think you were going to stay. But what was that? What happened at that period? What was the what was the link there then? Yeah, so I was coaching for Edinburgh Leisure, and and I loved the Edinburgh Leisure was the ones that gave me an opportunity, and I loved coaching for them, and I loved working for them, and I've got a lot of good friends with Edinburgh. Edinburgh Leisure is like the the council in in Edinburgh that run the leisure centres, and we had loads of sites. So by the age of twenty one. When I first went in, there was like four of us. By the age of 21, I was sort of the last one left of that four. So I was sort of running everything myself at the age of 21 and running all the sites, the centres. So I had a lot of built-up experience. And, and what that taught me as well was the business side of football. Like it, it was learning budgets and managing budgets and coaches and, and all that side of things. So I was learning not just to manage kids, but to learn other sides of it. So it was a great learning experience for me. But then I got to sort of 23 and, and I kind of felt like I was stagnating a little bit and I felt like I needed to do something else. Mm-hmm. So that's when I took the decision to go out to America and then uh, come back. And it was when I came back that Tom Elliott got in touch with me um, and asked me to stay. And like I say, I was living 25 minutes from Manhattan. Um, I had no commitments. I was single. I was young. I was living a good life in New York and only came back to renew my visa. And Tom somehow managed to persuade me to stay. And like I said to you before this started going live that any club in the world at that stage could have asked me to stay and I would have said no and I genuinely mean that. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United. They were all banging your door down. They were all banging your door down, weren't exactly. they? Exactly, they, they all wanted. But unfortunately, it was just him that asked. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was just that emotional connection that I thought, New York's not going anywhere, mm. but this opportunity at Hibs might only ever come once in my life. And I always look at things as it's a way in. So although it was a community side to me, it was... Right, it's a way in, but if I can go in and, and get to know people and people can get to know me, I've never really failed at anything else that I've done. So if I can go in there and just do what I do, then I feel like I've got a good chance here. And and fortunately for me, it it, it has paid off. Even if if Hibs ended tomorrow, for me that decision paid off. Um, to because I'm now in a position that I've now managed the, the women's first team for I think it's 64 games. Wow, that's 64 games more than. Average Hibs fans will represent the club. So I've been in a privileged position now for two and a half years. Ah, well done. So, so yeah, you fast forward there. You got into the women's game. But like I think we said just before off air that coaching players is coaching players, whether it's male or female. And I think you do have to put on different hats. But again, it's it's coaching people, right? It's They're, they're a human. So, how, so I think take us to that moment where... You took over the women's team. How did you feel? What happened? You know, what changed in your life? Hey, quite a lot. My my wife wasn't overly happy. We weren't, we weren't married. No, we yeah, we were. We were just we were just married. That was the issue. So mm. we had just bought a house. We had just got married, and I was doing my A license. Yeah. And uh, the women's game in Scotland was weird. It used to run February to November. Yeah. So I just finished the last season with under twenty threes, and um. The, I'd said to my wife then, look, I'm going to take a break for six months because I had a, a real busy period in my life. And mm. again, uh, Grant, who's now actually at Durham, just moved on from the, the women's first team. And I think because I'd done a relatively good job with the 15s and the 23s, or, or I hope they think I'd done a good job, that they they asked me if I would apply for the, the women's first team. So I still had to apply, but I was asked to apply, which was a strange one. Mm. Um, but... The, so I did that and as long as I applied I knew it was going to happen and um, I spoke to Lindsay who was fuming 
Um, but she she's supportive, so eventually she got it. And it was like what I said two minutes ago. It was a, it was probably not what I really wanted at that time, but it was an opportunity and one that again I, I think it has paid off for me. So yeah, it was a it was a roller coaster because I went from November to taking a break to January, going into probably the biggest role that I'd been in. And and so what are the what have been the the best and the the most challenging bits of the role and as as a as a head coach or anyone who's aspiring to become a head coach you've kind of grasped it with both hands you've done a great job but what is what has been the 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 most challenging but the best bits maybe yeah the, the, I came in at a really bad time because I came in at a time where Celtic and Rangers started to take it serious yeah so I, I knew that I was probably going to be the the the, the manager that took over that probably the trophy started to dry up and the success in terms of winning trophies started to dry up. Mm. So I had a diff- I have a completely different challenge to Chris Roberts, Willie Kirk, Grant Scott. But I- I'm competing against different animals now. So that was a challenge alone. And unfortunately for me, COVID came. So I didn't really get a chance to rebuild the squad um, for the first six, eight months. So I was kind of, at the end of that year, we lost... Jenna Five, Chelsea Cornet, Jimmy Lee Napier, uh, Kirsten Wright. There was loads of players moved on. I can't remember them all. And in that period when you want to rebuild, because um, I got appointed in January, late January, and the season started early February, so I only had a two-week window. You kind of go, right, let's use the first six months of the season to rebuild the squad. Um, we kind of lost that. So then the, six, the next six months was based around just trying to compete again, and I felt we competed well um, with, with, with the not in terms of winning the games, but Celtic, Rangers and City, they were maybe beating us 1-0, 2-1, 0-0. So we were, we were doing very well within the games. So, so yeah, but the, the, the biggest, or the most pleasing and the biggest thing that we've done as a club is is push buttons and, and we've been taken serious and I've never rested, I've never let stop. It wasn't just me, there, there was a guy, Stuart Maguire, who used to help me a lot and we, we fought and fought and fought to turn the club from amateur into professional and, and we've managed to do that so if I was to leave Hibs tomorrow I, I've left it in a much better position than, than I found it um, but I'm not ready to leave yet I want to continue the journey but it's it's a massive sense of achievement to what we've done um, in terms of we've managed to get the club to really take this women's team seriously So so I, I love what you said about and I think that takes huge guts from you so you're coming in knowing that Rangers and Celtic and City are the three powerhouses. So basically, if anyone doesn't follow that league, them three, it's pretty much like City, Liverpool, and City and Liverpool every season, right? They're gonna, they're pretty much steamroll everyone, and they've got their own little mini league. So it's was it difficult, you knowing going in, knowing probably your personality that was the expectation to try and break that, or was it kind of be the best of the rest, or what? What are the expectations? Because I would find that challenging because I'd want to be and knowing you you're probably thinking how do I because you just can't compete with that especially with the budgets and there's sometimes the players but so listen let's take it back how did that feel knowing what you said you're back against the wall have you got to try and be the best of the rest or you're trying to break that seal no I want to break it and I, and I, and I genuinely believe that I can now because it's going to take a few I think a couple of seasons to really break it but mm. we're now in a, a model that allows me to give us the chance so I, I don't believe that the biggest budget will always win. I believe the hard work will win and the preparation will win and doing your homework will win. So yeah. my job is, can I sign the players before 
they become superstars. So can I go and find superstars before their household names? Yeah, if you can do your homework and you can put um, your time into that, now I might have to do more work than the other managers because they, they've got more money to sign a ready-made player. I might need to find them. So, But, but I genuinely be, believe with hard work that, that I can do that. And But before, it was just, let's just keep Hibs respectable and let's just keep us in a position that's respectable. And, and we've done that. And my first season, which was hard, we were again the teams that were actually below us. They were all squads that were together for two, three years. So they've kind of, although they weren't the best size in the league, it's it's hard to play against teams that have had a plan for two or three years. Uh, yeah. And the first year we finished joint fourth, and the second year we finished sixteen points ahead. Yeah. So we improved significantly that second year, mm. and this year to hit the reset button again because we've we've ripped up that model and we've started a model again. So this year's probably going to be challenging and yeah. then next year the year after gives us a real good chance to, to go for it. So yeah, listen, I'm a Hibs fan, I'm a proud Hibs fan and I want to see Hibs at the top. So whether that's men, female and, and I genuinely believe that if we work hard enough we can, maybe not every year, but we can have good years occasionally and, and, and we can bring success to the club. So yeah, I, I truly believe in, in what we're doing and, and the way we're going about it. It is going to take time. The hardest part as hard is, is try to turn off um, social media notifications. Yeah. When you lose games and people, Hibs are a disgrace. How are they losing? Because it's not the same league as it was two, three years ago. That's why it's yeah. completely different now. How did you? So that's something I, I you know, I, yeah, you, you can't really, like you said there, you can't be too sensitive as a head coach, but it's very difficult. I know you had a tough game this season. How did you find that? Was that, was that, Really, was that challenging mentally? Was it was it really tough, or did you? Yeah. How did you manage that piece? Yeah, that that was hard. But I think I mean that obviously Celtic game first game of the season. But again, but the, the problem you have in the women's game, not a lot of there's not a lot of like media around it in terms of like yeah. newspapers and and STV and Sky Sports news reporting on the problems. Mm. Like we had a huge issue with visas, so we had a turnover of twenty one players this summer. So mm. kind of ten out eleven in. So that's a challenge on its own. Yeah. Four of uh, five of our new players only arrived on the Monday, five days before or six days before the Celtic game. So they never had a pre-season. Yeah. So we we pretty much done pre-season with uh, eleven players, and it was the same eleven players all the time. Players playing out of position. So we only had fifty percent of our squad actually ready to play that game. And then leading into the Celtic game, we were going with front three: Rosie Livingston, Kirsty Morrison, and Ailey Adams. Mm. Rosie done her ankle the day before the game and Kirsty caught COVID. So we then had to play with a front three of Christina Freda, um, Crystal Thomas and Ailey Adams. So two out of the three Yo. had just arrived five days before and were dealing with jet lag. So, so no, no one even cares to even look into that, do they, Dean? It's nobody so... knows all that. So and... we've, we've technically, our first six weeks of the season, we've done a pre-season. So our first six games have genuinely been our pre-season. Um, so, but that's the problem you have in the women's game. There's not like if that happens to Man United men or, or Newcastle men or Celtic men, that's on STV News, it's on Sky Sports News. Yeah, and I think, you, and for the context for the listeners, you've, ju- you've literally just gone full time in the summer, so you've got all that to deal with, and you've got contracts, you've got agents, all everything going on. It's it's a new world, isn't it? And, and the women's yeah. game has grown bigger, it's becoming. It's becoming a bit of a monster like the men's game, which is great, but it also has them, as you probably have starting to you're starting to see more and more, is yeah. more harder to manage, I guess. But we still love it though, don't we, Dean? We still love it and we still um 
So yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna be watching out for you, Dean. Well, coming to our last little bit of the, I think you've done a, every time I've looked, you're always in and around the the top echelons. And I think when I look at the top three teams, you're always seem to be at least provoking them, which is fantastic. Yeah. I think I think in the next couple of years, I'll be really, I'm really excited to watch your journey. And I think you'll get them. It'll be magic to see you push them in that and punt bloody maybe not Kath Hill's team because. I know cats. I know cats. So maybe punch um, bloody Celtics nose or Glasgow City's nose. That would be great. Just a quick one on you last night was the Scotland women's that didn't make the World Cup. That was huge, Dean. Sorry to put you on the spot, mate. I've just I watched a bit of it. That was I was really expecting to beat Ireland. Are you shocked? Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. I expect them to go and beat Ireland. I think the players that we've got, Caroline Mears, Erin Cuthbert's, um, I think we should be doing better. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, obviously, uh, what's happened last night, but they, they didn't look like. Uh, I wouldn't say over the course of the game, Ireland deserved to win it, but yeah. it was more 50 50, in my opinion, than it should have been. Now, Ireland have got good players, O'Sullivan, and, and they do have a couple of good players as well, but yeah. I think that if you look at where our players are mostly playing and, and the level that they're playing at and where they're playing, yeah, I fully expected Scotland to be at the World Cup. And, and I think with that group of players, that shouldn't be an achievement getting there. We should be expected to get oh, there with the players oh. that we've got. And that, for me, is the thing. Like I remember when we got to the last World Cup, people were saying it was just an achievement being there. And I was looking at the squad of players going, no, we, we should be at the World Cup. This should be a regular thing. Um, but yeah, it's disappointing because it's going to hurt the nation for a while. And, it, and, and it's going to, like, getting to the World Cup would have been huge. It's better, and it, Listen, Scotland-England rivalry is always going to be there, but England when the Euros was a brilliant thing for British women's football. Yeah. We wanted to back that up this year by getting to the to the, the next World Cup along with England because the feel-good factor would have fed off of that win in, in the summer. So we've missed that opportunity. Pedro said last night in his interview, it's, it's not the end of the world, but it's going to hurt for a few weeks. And what we now need to do is try and pick ourselves up and go again. And like I, like I say, I'm sure we'll, we'll do that. There'll be a new cycle of players now. Um, some players might end their international careers. New players might come in. But, yeah, it, it definitely hurt. And it was a game that I was watching, expecting us to, to win. Yeah, I caught some highlights. It looked like a pretty slow game when Scotland never got going and then Ireland just hit you on the break at the end. But, uh, sorry, that's just my son banging on the conservative door. <laughs> hiya, hiya, hiya. So, if you're sorry, listeners, for that. Um Dean, we are running out of time, but I've got really, I've got a couple of quick, I'd usually do quick fire questions, mate, yeah. and you don't have to be Albert Einstein to answer these, but um, <laughs> let's, um, let's, let's go with these, okay? I'm, I'm probably, only, I'm going to have to be quick on these, so just be the first thing that comes to mind. So, which sport would be funny to add alcohol to? <laughs> it's a bit of a rant. Uh, tennis. <laughs> tennis. What is your, what is the, the song that annoys you the most? I don't, I'm, I'm rubbish with music but there's one on the radio and it gets played every single day that I'm driving to work and I can't I have to turn the radio off now it's an Ed Sheeran it's an Ed Sheeran song but I can't listen to it anymore no I like Ed Sheeran it's just that one that song that one song alright we'll, we'll connect after and we'll, we'll try and get a band off the Scottish radio if you could choose a roommate between a goat an ostrich or a camel who would you choose uh, a bunk down. camel a camel? Just have some camel rides from time to time. And ah, just... If you need to go to the toilet, then give you a lift. <laughs> if you could choose a superpower, anyone you want, what would you choose? Uh, fly. 
You want to be a oh nice okay that's I can fly, so. go back to America and different places yeah just go where I want and um get ready wise get I could just fly and go and watch uh, games you just and, would, and be like a, um <laughs> just just hover above and scout you've got ranges this weekend mate you could fly <laughs> hide in the clouds and watch Elsa style drone no that's class so listen you got a really easy game this weekend that's what I'm going to finish on ranges that's an easy one for you so. Uh, good luck, mate. So if we want to watch, we've only got a minute or so left, mate. What, where would, how could we watch online or from afar? Uh, or um, home games as well? Uh, our home games are made the bank, which is only a stone's throw from Easter Road, which is brilliant for us. Um, but you can watch actually watch the game on BBC Alba, which yes, I think that, that's on that's but, on preview here as well in England. We can get that. Yeah, here. but I think further into England you can't. But I think if it's on Alba, it's then on iPlayer, so anyone in the UK oh, wow. can watch it on on iPlayer. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's a good chance. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be competitive, and, and hopefully we can put on a good show and, and compete well. Well, you came off the back of an eight 0 win, am I right? Last week, so yeah, Hamilton. So, so there you go. You're off the back. You feel good factor. You're a couple of months into the season. Hopefully, the win's been your sales now. But um, listen, Dean, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I could have spoke for a lot longer, mate. But uh, these forty minute zooms, I've got a you know, <laughs> a, once I get me cash injection, I'll have an hour long zoom. So no, it's <laughs> class to have you on, mate. And uh, we'll follow you. We'll cut. We'll come back. We'll come back to you maybe next early next year, and we'll see if you bloodied a few of them top top teams as noses, Dean. All right. Fingers crossed. Top man, Dean. Good luck with it all, pal, and uh, keep in touch. Thanks, mate. Speak soon. Cheers, pal. Next week on the People's Football Podcast, we say our goodbyes to what's been an incredible season one and preview all things to do with the World Cup. After a losing streak of 55, no, I'm not Man United, um, Kyle is bringing the quiz today. So it's going to be Martin versus Steph, husband versus wife, to take the bragging right of who knows the pints the best. <laughs> so, there's 20 teams in the Premier League. All I'm going to ask, nice and easy, is we're going to work, we're going to work from the top four, from the top spot, down. So we're going to go first, second, third, fourth for the most expensive pints, and then we're going to go first, second, third, fourth, for the okay. cheapest pounds. Nice and easy. So, if you get one right, I won't tell you. I'll tell you at the end. Got that? Ah, okay. So, you're going to have to name it. You won't know until, obviously, we have been through it. Got that? I've got to name 20 teams. No, four. So, it's going to be eight. Oh, right, right. Okay. It's going to be eight. Right. So, bottom. Who do you think... Stop searching it, Martin. Who do you think... Uh- Steph is I'm writing, I'm writing down who, who do you think has the most expensive paint in the Premier League? Well, who's who's going first? Fight over when I take so. I'll go first and say Tottenham. Well, can I just copy every single one that Steph says? Like, oh no, because he's gonna get zero points. So All right. um <laughs> I know Tottenham have got you sent a picture in that group chat the other week that Tottenham have got that weird thing where you put your pint down and it shoots up or something or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much, how much was the pint, Kyle, when you did that? I can't remember. You I'm, not I'm, not, I'm not ruining my own game. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's the police in, the police encouraged us to go into the stadium. Uh right, so Steph's got for Tottenham. 
Yeah. I'll go for the police has courage. You or me? Like us, like the, the support as you guys are fans, we were encouraged to go into the stadium for the pints before the game. I've got no idea what's going on here, but I'll, just guess I'll, who's uh, got the most expensive pints in the Premier League. Well, to be fair, it must can be I change game. my answer? Go on then, Steph. I'll let you off no. once. No, <laughs> no, I'm going Chelsea. That was my guess, Chelsea. Chelsea, you're going. Ch- you're going Chelsea, are you? Mm. Okay, so I'll tell you, Chelsea aren't in the bottom four, but you were close. They are bottom five. I thought we were doing top. I thought it was the top. Most, most expensive. expensive? Yes. Aye. But my obviously the most expensive not me at the top of the table, are they? Oh, right. oh my god. 20th in the right. <laughs> so 20th. Go on then 20th. Who's got the most expensive paint? Who's the most expensive? Yeah. Um So are we still right. guessing until someone gets it like? You say we Alright, top go on Steph. You said Tottenham. Is it Tottenham or not? Oh my god, this is this is so come on then. Have a have a guess and I well I, it's not Chelsea, it's not Tottenham. I'll say uh, Man City. Okay. Right. Then second part of the first first round. Yeah. The closest person to the price is the winner. So how much do you think the most well, expensive honest, paint? Okay, this is this is a tricky one, right? Because at the bar at Newcastle, right? You you can you can buy something for four fifty. But then they have a bloody Madri stand now, and it's five fifty a friggin' pint. So what are you, what are you including? So the cheapest here? pint overall. So it's the cheapest pint overall. If you want went to the ground right, and you went to the bar, can I have your cheapest pint? What would it's it's that basically? So uh, it's me first. Step. I'll go the closest penny. Oh, Jesus Christ! Uh, oh, I don't think it's going to be cheap, mine. I think it's you might be able to go to like. Leeds or something like Nottingham. I don't know. I'll say, oh, I don't think it'll be three ninety. I'll say four pound ten. Most expensive. The most expensive. Oh, most expensive. Oh Holy crap! Man. I'm so confused here. By the way, <laughs> um, the most expensive pint, not the cheapest pint. More the most expensive, cheapest pint in that stadium. Oh my god, this is I'm confused. I'll say. S- <sighs> Five eighty. Okay, Steph. I'm gonna go seven quid. Steph, you're closest. I thought you were telling us who was winning. I'm telling you in the round in the second part of the each round, I'm gonna tell you. But you are closest. The I won't tell you who, but the most expensive paint, so the most expensive, cheapest paint in the Premier League <laughs> is seven pound thirty. So in one oh, stadium. In the Premier League. I'm, I'm confused here, like, what's going so, on here? So, Martin, I, might, I think I might know who it is, you know. Go on, then, say it, then. Is it West Ham? Yes. I was going to say that as well. Do I get a point? No. <laughs> but Steph gets a point for being the closest. This is, this is rigged. I've got no idea what's happening. This is the so most Martin, confusing right. quiz ever. So, Martin, I've got a list <laughs> of the each Premier League team yeah, yeah, and yeah. their cheapest Paint, right? So seven pound twenty is bottom of the league. Is that what seven pound thirty is West Ham? And seven pound thirty is seven pound thirty. So if that's I cheapest, game, I've got to pay seven thirty for a pint. That's cheapest. That's probably a Foster's or something like that. Oh my god! Right, second bottom. So you're gonna guess the team if you get it right. 
three points. Chelsea. Chelsea. I didn't. I, but let's explain the rules. Oh, if you get it right, you get the team right, three points. The closest person to the penny, obviously, remember, 7.30 was the most expensive, Tottenham. gets one point. So Steph's one of up currently. The sure? second most expensive. I said it. Uh, at Chelsea or Tottenham, one of the two. Well, you have to pick one. Pick one. Who you think? Who you think? I'm not telling you. Kyle, just text us. No, don't, no <laughs> stop it. Text us. <laughs> I don't know. I'll stop it now. Put your phone down. <laughs> I'll go Chelsea, mate. Okay. Yeah. Steph? Have I got a point or not? I'm not telling you. I told you. Uh, I'm going to go... I feel like it has to be like the London clubs. I'm going to go Fulham. Okay. Closest penny now. Now, listen, I'm going to... You can't change your answer. <laughs> I am. I am. You give give you one. I reckon. I reckon we're wrong here. I think we're so wrong. I think I'm going to go northern, and I'm going to say because Leeds is like Leeds is he's just tough. Bielsa starting using like pints and that, and starting. To, I'm going to say Leeds. I'm going to say Leeds. You've got a text, haven't you? I can see the look on your faces. This is an absolute sham. <laughs> Who is it, Ken? It's been set up. It's Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> He just texts his leads. He just texts his leads. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> right. Go on, then. Your points. Closest penny. Pound. Closest penny. What's your uh, guess? Me, 7.20. Okay. Seth? Uh, 7.10. Oh, wait, man. Give us a point, man. Point to Steph. Oh, this is a joke. £6.35. What? So that's seven thirty. So they're a pound more than. Oh my god! What a disgusting place! I'm never going there. Never doing West Ham away. Right. right, okay. So you begin to get the theme now. You begin to get it. I know I didn't explain the rules at the start, but I just want to see if you were switched on. Third bottom. So relegation plays places. Who's got the most expensive, cheapest pint? Well, the third most expensive, cheapest pint. Hint: the last two teams have been London. And Martin, I haven't texted you this one. Uh, who's it? Steph first. Steph. I'll go Spurs. I'll go Chelsea. Nah. Oh, uh, you sure no, 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 Do you know why? Mohamed Al Fayed is a he's a proper like. Yeah, you, you just I got another text of you there. No, 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 no. Mohamed Al Fayed's got a lot of money. Fulham. Mitrovic has got a big wage at 80 k. I'm gonna say Fulham, Fulham FC. That is actually three points to Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Two three points. Three points. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I told you three That's... points. You guessed the right team. Yeah. Gone then. One That's... point up for grabs here. Closest penny. On, How step. much is a Fulham pint? What a game this is. How much is the cheapest Fulham pint? Uh, Six twenty. Six pound nineteen pence. <laughs> Martin's point. Come on, this is five pound eighty. This is the best game I've played in all year. Bet the naked twister. I love that game. Five... This is a, this is <laughs> a disgrace. This mind. Right. So forget about the bottom now. So we're going to the cheapest, yes. cheapest pint in the Premier League. I'm quick. This is now the top of the table. So Come can on. we guess the team Champions. that have the cheapest, cheapest pint? Um. 
I, I'll probably it's going to be a northern team, I think, or uh, I'll just go Leeds, like. So, um, can't remember who had the cheapest pies. I'll go Newcastle. You're both wrong. It was Manchester United. Oof. And can you guess how much their cheapest, cheapest paint is? Steph, that's your chance. Oh, it's me. Is it? Is it me? Four well, you, you, you just made the rules, so I'll just follow. So, so four eighty is Martin guess. Four eighty is that what you said? Yeah, correct. So he thinks that's the cheapest, cheapest paint. That's the calling the in Old Trafford. Paint in the whole of the country. That's what you're saying. All right, um, I'll go four seventy-five pound. Yeah, four pound seventy-five. Oh. Mm. What, what was yours again? Four eighty, mate. So Steph is the winner. Mm. It is actually three pound. Jesus Christ! That, that must be that must be a shock for all the Londoners who go to the games. Well, I know, eh? All the all the my United London supporters. Oh, so the price three pounds, yeah. So it's it's the cheapest. That's the cheapest pint price. What is it like? Smart price beer or something? Um, scream wash. <laughs> What's that? What were those? Um, that you know when you could buy like a pack of twenty four, like of them little bottles of like something. Oh, <laughs> is it like the Van Dam Belgian yeah. stripe, red stripe? No, it was worse than that, mate. Didn't you have a real name? Horrendous. Yeah. Right, second. So, who who who's the runner-up of the cheapest cheapest paint in the Premier League? Everton. Steph, your first this time. Sorry. Um, I go Liverpool. Everton. Three points to Steph. Oh, she's got a. I can see in her glasses. You're looking at the internet, and you've got friggin' cheapest paint in England. I can see. <laughs> So that, that is actually at six four to Steph. Listen, do a ten, do a ten point round, like when it takes. Oh, don't round. worry, don't worry. Just do it. Come There's on, gonna now. be one. Don't, no, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. Right, chance to win a point. So chance I don't to. Want a point. I want ten points. <laughs> right, how much is Liverpool's paint? The cheapest, cheapest paint. How much is where? Liverpool's cheapest, cheapest paint. So how much is their Foster's calling? Steph, how much is Steph, You go, you go, you go. Um. So, hang on a minute. Uh, Manu was three pound. You said. Yeah. Three, three fifty. Martin. Three fifty one. Three fifty one. Yeah. <laughs> point to Steph. <laughs> Just take the ten point round. I want the ten. Three pound. Not yet. Not yet. Not so what yet. happens when you try and clever? Three pound thirty. Right. <laughs> Third place, and then we're going to do the 10-point rounds. This last t- chance to get four points, Martin. You would have caught her up. Seven, four currently. So this can right. get you in the lead ahead of the 10-point round. Third place. Right, right. Steph? Where I went first. Did, is it my turn to go first? Like? Martin's turn, I think. I'll, but that's Everton. I'll just go Everton. Everton. No, Everton were expensive, man. I'll go uh, Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. No, I'll go. Wales, Kyle is a Wales. Uh, I'll go Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Are you sure? Uh, no, Bournemouth, Bournemouth. Is Bournemouth affluent? I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't. I don't even know. What do you, what do you think, Kyle? I thought you went from northern to southern, southern like that, like. 
Do you like what I'm saying, though, or not? Do you like? I don't it? know. I'm not. I'm not going to help us, Steph. Yeah, I'll go with them then. I'll go with them. Who's them? Them three. I just said. <laughs> oh God. So, who are you going with? Who are you going with? So, let's see what Steph says, and I'll decide. Okay. Let's see. Go on, Steph. Um, I'll go Leeds. Yeah. Martin, What's who are you going with? Let's see what the answer is first, and then we'll... we'll... <laughs> Just tell her the answer. <laughs> tell us the answer. Uh, Everton. Nah. Bournemouth. Well, no. no, I didn't finish. Bournemouth. Bournemouth is <laughs> nah, nah, I'm not giving you that. Like, I didn't finish. I was... What? I said Bournemouth, Everton or Leeds, and I was going through the alphabet. And I said, last decision. <laughs> and went... oh, right, how much is their pint? How much the is point? their Bournemouth's pint? What do you think, Steph? What was the last one? Three pound thirty. Yeah. Oh crap! I've got a message. Right there. Seen the message there. All right. Three pound. Three pound fifty. <laughs> uh, just think with like Eddie Howe being there and Jason Tindall being there, like nice guys and that, and something around about like. Who's the manager now? Gary O'Neill, great guy. £4.25, I'm just going to shoot at that. Had to go thinking. Steph? I said mine already. Wait, what did you say? Sorry. Uh, three fifty. Martin, spot on, £4.25. <laughs> what a shot. That is 7 5 and we're going at the 10-point round. Final round, 10-pointer. About that, like, the person on. who can get the closest to any castle on this table, and so it's, it's going to be 10-point rounds. You've got to get... Love 10 points. You've got to get where Newcastle are and the closest penny of how much our cheapest, cheapest pint is. Well, Martin knows this because he always buys a pint at the game. I know, but I get Madri on the bloody thing. I get a, I get Madri. I don't go to the So, bar. Newcastle, what what position are they? Who first, Steph or me? Martin. It doesn't really matter, does it? I think we're quite expensive, you know. What was that? Four twenty-five and four mouth for fourth, fourth, um, third, fourth, third. Steph, I'm gonna say, um, I definitely think we're middle of the pack. I'm gonna go eighth. I'm gonna go eighth. And how much? Oh no, how eh? That's a lot to ask, isn't it? Okay, just I, just go on and just go eighth. Just that's it, eighth. Steph. Let, Twelve. So the winner. Yeah, go on, go on, mate. Bye. My maths is very good. Hang on a minute. Did we not guess how we're not supposed to guess how much it was like? Let's see no. who the winner is first, and then we'll guess. The winner is Martin. Castle are six in the league. Wow. We like six in the league, and our cheapest, cheapest pint four sixty. Four, gone and Steph. Me as well, just for fun. Four eighty or four sixty, I'm sure. Go on, Steph. What do you think? Uh, fiver. Four pound ninety. I I knew it was under a fiver because Madrid's five fifty on that special stand, and I'm like Jesus. So that's kind of good. And I'm usually like Jesus, five fifty for that. That's decent. All right. Yeah, oh, but I win. I win. Yeah, I win. you what win. A, what a shock. Hey, really Steph, that's all the times for beating me. So, so, so essentially, every time I do this quiz, whether it's against Kyler or it's against Martin, it's rigged. Yes. No, come, come on now. Listen, 
Come on now. I mean, I, I quit. I quit I this podcast. On that. I give everything. Uh, everything I had on that. I quit Chris, this quiz. Chris I quit this podcast. I'm done. I quit. I questioned it at first, and then honestly, I, I thought I think it's the best quiz I've ever done in my life. Honestly, yeah, you great got me a paint genius. Me. I'll get me get me uh, me trophy later. So I'm foreman. Foreman. I'm not talking for the rest <laughs> no of the podcast. No one's interested, Steph. So listen, <laughs> you win some, you lose some. You you, you know you got to take your defeats, like you take your victories. You know, just be humble. I never win. It always gets rigged. <laughs> I threw up on Kyle or something. Hey, it's all about the ten pointers. It's all about the ten pointers. Hundred points for Kyle. All about the text messages going on. Oh, text, hey, messages. Hey. text messages. Cheat, 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 cheat. <laughs> this is just showing Steph's character now, you know. This is so loser. <laughs> she's gonna leave. She's gonna leave the podcast in a minute. Listen, I'm gonna oh. throw a re- that was class, Kyle. By the way, it's great to win, but I'm gonna throw a really quick hot topic out, and it's something. The only reason it's hot is because probably close to me is obviously I've got an investment in Canada and obviously England as well for the World Cup. Um, Steph had said something last week around about resting players. So listen, there's one more game, one more round of Premier League. Most of the top leagues have one more round of fixtures. Do you think, and this is going to use to just two or three minutes, do you think that the top players, bear in mind, Son is going to potentially miss the World Cup, Podka, Pobka, Pob. What the hell? How do I say You're that? You're right there. Pogba. How many days you had? Pogba, I've had one and a half. Pogba, Chilwell, Rhys James, Alfonso Davies, one of the best players in the world, potentially could miss the game, uh, miss the World Cup for Canada. And there's so much more, so many more. Um, Kyle Wilson, uh, Kyle Wilson, Callum Wilson went off injured today. Would you, do you think players should be rested for the last week of the World Cup or the last week of Premier League or Bundesliga or Serie A? What do you think, guys? I'm very 50-50. Um, only because Newcastle are doing so well and imagine Trippier going and imagine basically, imagine Trippier not playing on Saturday and Wilson not playing on Saturday and we get yeah. beat 3-0 off Chelsea then come come May, come June, we're yeah. two points away from, um, two points off Chelsea for Champions League. And I think it does. The clubs are paying the wage, and it, I always thought it has been club sort of before country. And especially, you know, I'd like we say, I'd always choose to Newcastle to win a trophy over England to win a trophy, just after yeah. out of pure pride. But if I'm a player, and this is me putting like my like playing hat on, if you're going to the World Cup, and for some people like Wilson, like even Davies, like Messi, the Ronaldo's, this is their last World Cup. This could be their, This could be one of the only or the last World Cup, but I just I think that the it'll be the players that I want to miss out. It'll be the players that I want to rest. Don't know about you, Steph, but if I'm a player. I'm wanting to rest to make sure I get to that World Cup. Because imagine, like Jay Rodriguez said a few years ago, before whatever World Cup it was in ten ACL, and the one chance you're probably ever going to have to go to a World Cup, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Um. I'm just going to be really blunt and say no, players shouldn't be rested because I think, I mean, wow. yeah, I, I, I just think no. I, I think that you have to play and it's it's ridiculous that there's a World Cup happening in the middle of the season anyway. If the, if there should have been more, t- that the Premier League should have finished earlier if they wanted to make sure players were going to have more time to be all right for it. But no, I, like if I'd, I'd be foaming if I went to the Chelsea game next week and... Yeah. Not just Newcastle rested players, but Chelsea rested players. You go, you you're paying money to go and watch the team. There should be full strength. 
It has massive uh, repercussions as well come the end of the season. It's, it's it, I, I agree. I agree. Steph texted me today as I was driving back and said, Wilson's gone off injured with a little tear emoji. And my heart sank because you know he's 29 coming up 30. He will never play in a World Cup again, ever. He won't get the chance. And imagine he just has a little little tweak of his hamstring or his calf or something. I'd, you know what? I, I'm absolutely torn as well, Kyle, because if I go to Chelsea next week and we get turned over, I'll be foaming. If Wilson, Trippier and and Bruno say, Bruno's yeah. Brazilian. He could, he's going to be in the Brazil squad. Bruno is sitting on the bench and we get, we get done. But the repercussion is that I'm, I'm, I find it really difficult because I'd be, I'd be gutted if, if Carol Southgate says, oh, it's a bugger because Wilson was going to, was going to go to the World Cup and, and potentially I was going to start him in one of the two of the games. It's really difficult. I mean, so I tell you what, like Eddie Howe was asked about this in his press conference before the game this weekend. And he said that as players, you, um, you, it's a risk whenever you go onto the onto the onto the field, whether that's for a game or even for training, that, that you could get injured. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Trainings are really intense now. They're not just jokes. They're not just jogs in the I park. They are intense. The good thing was, I think Wilson was just ill. I know he'd been. Yeah, out, that, that he'd, been he'd, he'd had a bug on. Yeah, yeah. He'd yeah. had a bug all week. Yeah. He'd been. He'd said on his podcast that he had that he'd had a cold. And when in the team fought at the end of the game today, and on the bench, he had a mask on. So I think it's likely he's either got a bug or he's got bloody COVID, one one or the other. Uh, how 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 said after the game that he came off because he felt lightheaded. So he's probably yeah. just ill. He's probably, yeah. he's probably just ill, and people get ill. And but yeah, like happens? you know, there's nothing to say he's that Callum Wilson so doesn't, for us. doesn't train on Wednesday and pulls up yeah. with a with a hamstring strain. Yeah, yeah. He has to train. He has to train because he has to be fit and he has to be ready. But like, like let's, exactly. let's look at it. Take away our Newcastle hats off because I am. Um, we are sentimental around like Wilson. We love the, We love our players. Like we fell in love with them. But like Messi's last World Cup, he goes and plays for PSG next Saturday, pulls his hamstring. Uh, Ronaldo's last World Cup, pulls his hamstring. Like, like it's it is Steph. You're absolutely right. It's a shocking time to have a week or eight days return around. It's shocking, but the, you know for a fact, next weekend there'll be an injury. And I kept saying to you. I know, I know, I do this every week. I've got a funny feeling about injuries, and then I heard about Trippier pulling up. Heard about yeah. that. I've just got a sneak feeling. I'm not saying it's a Newcastle player. They will be definitely like Son. South Korea have got no chance of winning a game now without Son. That is crazy. Yeah. Like in Alfonso Davies, if he doesn't write for Canada, they're just taking Messi out of out of Barcelona back in the day. You just can't afford to lose that type of player when you like. I definitely think there's going to be one another injury. And I'm just like, I agree though, Steph, you made a great point about training. These guys aren't doing Monday to Thursday and just jogging around and just passing around. They, they, they're going at it. The intensities are a red, orange, yellow. They're going high, medium, low, high. So the intensity of training, they could do it then. So And, and if Wilson's kind of like, mm, ooh, I might go half at it, he might not get picked. He might so not I'm get gonna picked. I'm going to fire back at you. And I mentioned it to you, Martin, after hearing about Alfonso, but... If you're so when Newcastle, right, Wilson goes to the World Cup, he then gets injured after the World Cup, like in between the World Cup and coming back to play for Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. But you then find out that he went to the World Cup with a hamstring problem but took injections. Yeah. Wilson's it's... out for the rest of the season, but you got the World Cup. Are you not absolutely forming now that he's 
Oh, like uh, so by Munich yeah. in the in the Champions League, if Davies takes an injection to make sure he goes plays for Canada in the World Cup and then doesn't play again for the rest of the season, and by Munich don't do well in the Champions League or the league because they haven't got the star left back. I think it's I think human, so I'm, I'm going to take you. Yeah, I'm going to take you now, and this is this is a totally different topic. I'm going to take it to player well-being and player mental health. But Callum Wilson, if he gets injured and he knows he's in that squad right now. Is he going to come back in January the same play and knowing that he's out for three weeks and he's missed the World Cup because he sneaked his hamstring last week? I'll tell you now, between January and May, you might find a different player because he might never be the same after that. I, I'm telling from my point yeah, of view, yeah. to play the World Cup, it doesn't matter if it's Qatar and the heat or whatever, player well-being, like right now, I, I, I honestly think, God's honest truth, as a manager, there's got to be some trust. If I'm if I'm Eddie, if so like if I'm with a group of 11 players, Callum. I've heard you're in the squad. Do you want to? Would you dare go and have that conversation? Do you want to play or not? And if he says, do you know what, I want to play, and he doesn't, is that a conversation? That's why I'm going deeper here. Yeah. Is that a conversation you haven't, or is that just, is it just, is that just like grassroots level? That's just silly. Would you not have that conversation though, guys? Seriously, I'm asking. I'm asking. I think Absolutely not. It's performance. No. It's a it's a performance based business, oh. and if. If, for example, imagine we were one of the others, like imagine we were bottom three and we got relegated. And so, for example, Southampton, their star player turns around and goes, I'm not, no, I'm not playing. And then they get relegated by two points. And yeah. oh, oh, Hasselhoff gets sacked because his star player didn't play. Hasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. There's so many permutations around yeah. this, but I know from a human being point of view, if I'm 29 30, I'm not talking about that Trippier's last World Cup, 100%. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and he had a twinge today. I'm like, listen, I think it's a great debate. I just wanted yeah. to throw it in there because we're missing five or six very good players. Ori Lukaku, who's it could be potentially out of the competition. Werner just pulled his, yeah. pulled it, um, just he's out. Like, but you're right. They're getting paid a lot of money, and club is God right now. We know that. But I'm just thinking from a player's mental state. Uh, the good thing is Alfonso has been told that he can have two weeks, the next two games off. So that's a chance. So whether is Messi going to miss the last PS3 game as well? Just because the final could be his oh, right. okay. thousand of game or something. Oh, for Argentina. Is that right? No, for the, in general, in, in football. So he's, wow. he's like, when PS3, it, eh? it's, oh, it's, it's meant to be in it. It's, it. I didn't see that meant to be in the final this week. Cause oh, well, we're going to, talk next week on the World Cup yeah, special. Yeah, that, that's next week's topic, yeah. I'm asking the question, do you think players could or should be rested for next week? Kyle, yes or no? No. Steph? No. Do you think players should have any input to whether they are rested or they have a choice towards being rested next in their last game before a World Cup? Yes or no, Kyle? Yes, with physio assistance. So only if they've got something wrong, they can't just say, hey, I haven't got any injuries, but I don't really want to play this game. Yes or no? Yes or no? No. Yeah, Steph? No. Steph's cold-blooded, eh? Steph's cold-blooded. I'm not, not cold-blooded, but what's the, what would be the difference in Callum Wilson sitting out Chelsea, getting called up the squad, and then he gets injured in training with England? Yeah. No, and doesn't, I agree. And doesn't kick a ball? The question. I'm just asking the question. This is football. These things happen. I, no, but I think there's got to be some trust between the manager and they've got to look each other in the eye. Tap before as well. Uh, uh, Jay Rodriguez. That was a summer yeah. World Cup. Who the hell's Jay Rod- 
Where the hell was he? Was he for England? He uh, was on, at one point. No, he was banging, banging for myself. Yeah, Rodriguez couldn't get a game for bloody Isle of Man. Never he mind way, when he was at was Southampton, he tours it. Was, but he was an unbelievable player for tours this year. He scored loads of goals against us as well. Yeah, I'm being born then, guys. <laughs> Listen, what we're going to do now? Listen, I just want to provoke you on that. Just a little provocation. There, we haven't got uh, a great. We've, we've kind of overstayed our welcome a little bit, so we're going to jump into the FPL, guys. So FPL. I'm really disgusted because I'm looking on there now and it hasn't added me actual points up. I've had a shocking week until Harry Kane and Mo Salah scored and I've actually ended up pushing up the league. Cancelo was sent off. I've got trip here. So, right now, currently, I hate to say it, but anyway. Uh, Kyle, you're 29, but but I, I reckon you've probably got more points than that because the points haven't updated. Yeah, I've man. gone down to bloody 11, but I know for a fact I'm going to go back to 6 or 7. Steph is up to fifth. All right. It's called Hayden Heroes, but it should be called the Cockroaches because she is an absolute abomination. I'm telling you, I'm raging. Steph, you've got 55 points, right? I'm clicking on mine now. I've ended up with 51 points, and I reckon I've had the worst week in history. I had Cancelo. Um, you know me, Bench has got 17 points. I've got Ward, Andreas, and White, and Joe Bloody Gomez came off the bench. In the 88th minute, I was, Steph, when I rage and you told us to calm down, quiet down. I was raging. He came off the bench and got one stinking point. I would have had Andreas on for six points. So, listen, um, Conley ended up with 22 points. He That guy, I looked because I was thinking, oh, he must, he must have forgot to pick his team. Chris Conley, our sponsor. He actually picked his team. He had a full strength, 14, 15 players, and he got 22 points. That kid has not got a clue about football. Like, Seriously, Conley, you are an absolute disaster in football. But listen, anyone else going to say about FPL? Because I'm, um, I'm not happy. I'm not happy this week. Just I'm gonna. I know I can't really give recommendations. Come 29th, but please <laughs> people, remember the deadline. It will really help your weekend because I keep forgetting to keep ruining my weekends. So remember when the deadline is and do your team and make sure when you do it you click save. So that's happened twice to me now. I haven't clicked save after doing my team. And I end up with 20 points. And Trossard is your captain for this week. There we are. Good lad. Steph, you cockroach. I, I think that name's going to stick like, because you just, you've, <laughs> you've got another league set up and she's top of that one now. So she's top of the other like private family league and she's she's all over it. She's gloating. She's got this. No, like, I don't. You are. You're <laughs> disgusting. You're you disgusting. guys paint me out to be this disgusting. terrible person. Disgusting. Yeah, Steph, you're disgusting. <laughs> But uh, moving on, uh, do you know what? I don't like FPL this week. I don't want to talk about it. It's a no. disgusting game. Uh, we're thinking about bringing out a World Cup one, which I'm usually very good at. So I'm not might... good at you. I, I won the Euros one. Everyone, yeah. every league I was in. So let's let's have it. Let's have some. Let's be having so, you. Let's be having you. Have you say? So listen, we did a quick have you say last week, um, and it was your five-a-side legends. So just to let you know, Alan McLean, our, our super guy, and Steph put the teams in. So we did get another one, and I, and I missed it. But Steph's legend five-a-side team was Cernicek, Beardsley, Solano, Ginola, Shearer. Literally no defenders in there, but hey, it's five-a-side. And she's going to mm-hmm. play against a current side, which is Pope, Joe Linton, Bruno, Maxi Almiron. Who wins that, Kyle? Really quick. Joe Linton bags a hat and scores six. Okay. So Joe Linton's team wins the current five yeah. aside. She thinks that as well. Um, 
the People's Podcast. I, I put mine in. I can't remember where the hell I put in. Did you put one in, Kyle, or not? Probably not. No. Probably not, no. So this week, have you say, I am going to get straight to business, and I'm going to put it out. It's just going to be a, a debate. Literally, who do you think is better? If you could have a number nine up front for England now, who is better? Harry Kane or Alan Shearer? Alan Shearer and his pomp or Harry Kane and his pomp? Now, listen, we're a Geordie podcast, but I want to put this out there and I want to put it fair. Is Harry Kane, he could potentially beat Alan Shearer's record. If you could have Alan Shearer and his pomp, would you have him up front for England in the World Cup this year? So who's yes. better? Harry Kane, well, I'm going to say yes as well, and so Steph as well, or Alan Shearer. Now, Kane's the world record scorer, and he's our England scorer. Scored the most goals for England. So, Steph, have you say Shearer versus Kane? Let's see how it goes. You know what happens next, Kyle? Everyone's favourite part. Like, listen, everyone dotes. Everyone fast-forwards the whole podcast to get to your wise words. Hey, every Steph, Monday. Have, you enjoyed yourself? have you enjoyed yourself this week, Steph? With having I mean, the... I mean, I mean uh, apart from the uh, quiz, it's been... Oh, it's don't be a sore loser. And being called oh, a coach. <laughs> listen, winning's good. Winning's really nice. One nil, Martin versus Steph. I like it, Kyle. I can I can do this every week. Can I play you every week? Mm. <laughs> I can put some music in there. Come on, then, wise words. Let's oh, am I doing it now? Am I? I, I didn't actually enjoy it. this. Rude. The bad news is that time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. By I can't even say his name, so I'm not going to try. But that's that's my quote. Picasso. He was a painter. Wasn't he? Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's my quote. Yeah, time flies, but you're the pilot. So take the direction you want to go in. Great stuff, Kyle. I've got no idea what that means, but it's fantastic. <laughs> honestly, brilliant. Take care. Take care. Hi guys, if you're not sick of my voice already, please head over to our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at The People's Football Podcast and on Twitter you can find us at The TPFP. Our social medias contain polls, information and overall fun football banter. So please have a look. Even though the dancing's done Don't worry cause the night is young Who cares where we go We're ready for the afterglow So on, hold the surround